Welcome to this special edition of the Podwell Travel. We're going to focus on cruising. I'm Stephen Scarfield, the travel editor of Seven West Media in Australia. And I'm with Michael Ferranti, who is Australia and New Zealand's Cruise Writer of the Year. Thank you. Great to be back on the pod. <laughs> Let's look at the whole global cruising scene. I've been travel editor of Australia's biggest audience company for 21 years, and I didn't see cruising coming back after the pandemic in the way it has. I thought small ship would start, then it would gradually come back, but everything's just come back in one go, hasn't it, Michael? It's been a... A massive comeback and quit, as you say. And really, when you look at how ships, particularly here in Western Australia, but Australia in general, how ships were shunned during the pandemic, probably more so than places like the US and uh, even Europe, who's kick-started their cruise industry a lot earlier than we did. And we've sort of followed on from that um, pretty strongly. Uh, And now we're looking at, um, you know, 30 million passengers worldwide, which is exceeding what it was pre-pandemic, uh, it's pretty pretty amazing. It was. I mean, I remember looking at, um, you know, one of the cruise tracking websites at one stage and there was this huge raft up in Manila Bay. I mean, there were just all the big ships, you name them, and they were, they were there. And now it, not only they sailing, but a lot of new ships sailing as well and even more new ships coming through, aren't there? There's a lot of new ships uh, coming online, you know, over the next five years through to 2028, clear memberships alone they're looking at uh, 44 i think it is and 62 billion dollars worth since 2019 and that just gives you some idea of the level of capacity coming through the system Uh, and that's really driven by demand i mean these these companies are big successful companies they wouldn't be investing billions and billions of dollars if the demand for cruising wasn't there that's right. Now, you've just been cruising in Norway. I've just cruised Norway, Iceland. For me, it was a 900-and-something person ship, and I think that size has been very, very successful in the in the comeback. Tell us about your Norwegian coastal time. Yes, I, I cruised with Hurdy Gruten, uh, who really were the pioneers of, of expedition cruising. Uh, in fact, it's their 130th year this year and I was on the MS Trollfjord which is a 500 capacity ship so quite an intimate experience um, you know from what I've experienced before uh, and really a nice size for for that type of, of cruise it was kind of a, a hybrid type cruise part expedition part sort of coastal scenic cruising uh, so you know I managed to get both both aspects of, of cruising. It was lovely, actually. And, um, you know, we started off in, in Svalbard, which is, um, you know, deep in the in the Arctic Circle, up, uh, up near the, the North Pole, fairly close to it anyway. And, uh, and then we made, made our way down south to the Norwegian coast, and it was uh, all the way down to, to Bergen. Mm, it's uh, such a great history, that oh. trip, isn't it? You know, there connection to those communities mm. you know as a company which also delivers supplies is just yeah. it's such an authentic yeah it is and feel they st- to it and they they still do those things that uh, they originally did when they first started the, the the shipping which was you know transporting passengers uh, on like a public transport system it's not so much that anymore but still with regards to fresh supplies 
uh, and mail and things like that. They, those ships, the Hurdy-Gruten ships, are still doing that up and down that coast. It's interesting that we're getting back to that, you know, that this is what the expedition ships are trying to create is these authentic moments which, you know, as you say, is part of the history of that group. I was with Viking. They've got a very good itinerary from the Norwegian coast across to the Faroe Islands and then onto Iceland and you sort of come in around the northern coast of Iceland, finish in Reykjavik. Super itinerary, you know, a real sense of journey, I suppose. You've got a beginning and a middle and an end, which suits a writer, of course. You know, it's a classic story for. Absolutely. But having spent some time in the fjords, as you did, in Norway, it's really nice then just to set off across the ocean to the Faroes and then set off again from there across to across to Iceland, you know, so a sense of expedition and obviously following the Viking wake, this was the the northern route that the Vikings were. So once again, this sort of authentic feeling where you've got more story to what you're doing. Globally, you know, I mean, the Mediterranean cruising has been very, very busy this year too. So we've just talked about that north, northern Europe, but then in the Med and that, those sort of classic cruises have been very busy this year. Oh, huge. And, you know, anecdotally, we're hearing it's difficult to get cabins in, you know, places like the Mediterranean, Eastern and and Western, you know, Adriatic cruises, you know, around Italy and Greece, Turkey, all over Europe, really, the Baltics uh, and and through Northern Europe as well. The demand is there and, and it, again, goes back to, you know, the reason cruise lines are investing so much money into you know the the onboard experience but also the their excursion programs so immersing passengers into into the destinations they're they're going to and learning more about them uh, having those off-board experiences like you know visiting farms and undertaking cooking classes learning the the local culture uh, the, the cuisine of course uh, all those types of immersive uh, travel experiences now can be undertaken you know, on a cruise. Yeah, yeah. Look, I see, well, several, but I can think straight off my head three kind of trends. One is, as you say, a huge amount of work on making better connections with communities. So I'm cautious with the word sustainable, but it's, it's overused in many ways. But, you know, trying to have long-term relationships with farms and with so on. So I think there's a lot of work there. I think there's, there's I see a lot of work in the design of ships trying to create a bit more space in ships, mm. not just yes. with fewer passengers, but with more public spaces and more nooks and crannies. Um, certainly with dining areas, there's more space in that. And then, of course, you know, I see the work that's going on in, relation to fuel and managing the ships themselves Um, and I must say just Australia has a very strong cruising fraternity and a lot of uh, focus on inbound to bring people in from Europe from the US who have been missing cruising for the last few years of course and a lot of ships coming to Australia so it's it's looking like a real hub for 2024 speaking more generally watching cruise companies got their 2026 itineraries Ooh. coming out that's uh-huh. you were talking about demand and yeah. finding cabins and really you know i think you should certainly be planning for 25 
and you know you'll be finding what you want probably in 2024 but 2025 is probably the focus in 2026 yeah and, and these cruises it. are selling out yeah like way in advance it's so yeah i mean if, if there's one lesson for- yeah it, it, in terms of um finding yourself the right cabin as well but also booking that far out can actually get you the best deals as well yeah uh, so we're looking at further out and also last minute but it takes a bit more to book a last minute cruise especially a big one so booking ahead um, it makes sense so you need the right ship the right itinerary and the right cabin so you need all of those things sorted out and to get that choice you need to be thinking ahead otherwise any one of those three factors could be in question Well, as you see, it's a really animated, busy time in the cruising industry. It's come back faster than we ever thought, and it's come back right across the board from expedition and small ship, medium ship, right up to those mega ships. In the second part of our cruising special, Michael will be talking to two insiders who will tell us not only about what's going to happen in the Australasian region, sailing out of Australia mainly and in New Zealand, but also we'll peel back the layers and give us more insight into how expedition cruises are planned, how they get the itinerary together and how that feeds into local communities. 